What is the sin that leads to death that John talks about in 1 John chapter 5? Today on Rooted Daily, we're talking about the one sin that is unforgivable. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and 1 John chapter 5, John gives us there some specific instructions to confront what he calls the sin that leads to death. And this is exactly what he writes. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask, and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is sin leading to death. I don't say that you should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. Now, if you type this chapter and this verse into Google, or you open up a commentary, there are thousands of pages of debates on what this means. I mean, what does John mean here? Is there really a sin that grace cannot cover? And if that's true, what is that sin? Is it suicide, where you literally physically die in the act? Is this the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit that Jesus talked about? And if so, what does that even mean? If I say something wrong or bad about the Spirit, can I never be forgiven? And you can find charts and diagrams and people who have dove into the original Greek to try to find clearer answers. And all of that makes this verse seem really complicated, but it's not. I mean, it's really not complicated at all. In the context of John's whole first letter, it's actually a very fitting and natural conclusion to what he's already written. And in many ways, it's a good description of the gospel as a whole. But to find the answer, we need to set aside the commentaries and the word studies and get back to the most basic principle of understanding the Bible. Context, context, context. So if we look at the context of 1 John chapter 5, what do we see? Well, let's start right in the beginning of the letter. My little children, John writes, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. You know, John, he is writing so that his readers would boldly turn away from sin. Why? Because Jesus set them free of it and he is the propitiation for our sins. And if we do sin, we can go to the Father through Jesus who serves as our advocate and be forgiven. And the opportunity isn't open to a limited few, it's available to everyone, the whole world. And so that rules out at least one scenario of what the sin that leads to death is. It's not inherent to the person. There is no person on earth who is too far gone for God's forgiveness. Jesus is the propitiation for the whole world. There are no unforgivable people. And because of Jesus serving as our advocate, no matter how badly we sin, we can be forgiven. Let's keep going on in 1 John. Verse 18, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now, many antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. And then in verse 22, who is a liar, but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? 
He is antichrist who denies the father and the son. Whoever denies the son does not have the father either. He who acknowledges the son has the father also. You know, there's a, another term there that causes a lot of confusion, antichrist. John is the only one who uses it, but he gives us a pretty clear definition of what an antichrist is. It is just anyone who denies the father and the son. Now, uh, when we dig deeper into this letter, we, we see that John is confronting a series of false gospels that we attribute to the Gnostics, a, a sect of false teachers that denied that Jesus came in the flesh. In other words, they denied the testimony of the Spirit because, scroll down to chapter 5, verse 6, this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that hear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. So we're told the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, testifies to Jesus, most vividly at his baptism. The Spirit descended on Jesus at the beginning of his ministry, a fact that John seems to emphasize by talking about water, and baptism, uh, but that testimony continues all the way up to today through the word, uh, like it says in verse 7. So to deny Jesus is to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, and you really don't want to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. So if you reject the Spirit and if you reject his message, you can't be forgiven. So now let's close in on the context immediately around the verse in 1 John chapter 5. A little before verse 16, John writes, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is sin leading to death. I do not say that you should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin and there is sin not leading to to death. So John is writing to Christians under threat of this false teaching that isn't about some abstract, unimportant doctrine. The Gnostics were striking right at the core of their faith and their understanding of Jesus and what it means to follow him. And the Gnostics claim that because everything material is evil, there's no point in trying to reign in the body and stop sinning. You could live as depraved of a life as you wanted because, hey, what can you do? But in chapter one, John stops that thought in its tracks. He wrote, so that these Christians would not sin. Why? Because Jesus did really come. And if Jesus really came, that means he did really die and he really rose and he really did conquer sin and the grave. He is the propitiation for our sins and his life and his death and his resurrection promises us that we can too. 
No sin is too big for that promise. But here at the end of this letter, John ends with an obvious conclusion. No sin is too big for our advocate, but our advocate cannot forgive sins that are never brought before him by the sinner. As these Christians that John wrote to huddled together to fight off all the, the threats around them, John says, be bold. Go into the throne room of God and ask anything. If you do it right, if you align your will with God's, that's the most powerful tool in your box. And we should pray for each other. We should lift each other up in our prayer when we're struggling with sin. We shouldn't keep that struggle hidden. We, we shouldn't walk into a church building with a mask on, pretending that sin never makes us stumble. No, we lean on each other. And John says we should pray for each other. And when we come together and we ask for the prayers of other Christians, there is nothing, no sin, no struggle, no crisis that is too big for God. And the prayers of our brothers and sisters in Christ bolsters our personal faith that God can restore us. But don't pray for people, don't pray for sins that haven't gone before the advocate themselves. If I don't want forgiveness, you can pray all day for me, but God isn't going to force anything on me that I don't want. All unrighteousness is sin, and we've all done unrighteous things, Romans chapter three, but there is sin not leading to death. I just have to bring it to Jesus. When you look at the context, not just the first John, but all of scripture, it is abundantly clear. In fact, it really is the good news itself that there is no sin that is unforgivable except for the sin of faithlessness. Any sin that you are willing to confess and bring to God can be forgiven because Jesus did come. He did die. Most importantly, he rose. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father serving as our advocate. So John says, pray boldly. Don't pray about sins that, that people have no desire or willingness to overcome. John says that won't work. But any sin, no matter how big, no matter how overwhelming, no matter how much damage it's done to our lives, it's not too big before God. Boldly go before the throne of God because your Savior is there, ready to listen and ready to forgive and ready to restore. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I cannot wait to sit down and open up God's word with you next time. Thank you for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and wanna make sure others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, let's talk today. Just send me a text to 317-207-2734.